Gosh, we're glad you're with us today. Listen, it is Sunday afternoon, December the 6th, and today, well, it turns a new page for us. Uh, we're going to do something this month because of Christmas. We're going to share some Christmas thoughts with you. Uh, these will not be in place of the regular podcast, but in addition to. Uh, they will not necessarily be 18 to 20 minutes long, probably 10 to 12, maybe even shorter than that. We're going to share a story with you, some scripture passages and truth with you every time. Uh, we hope to do that, but we need your help to be able to do that. What we would like to do is share some things that you've come across, some things you have heard, some things that you that you were blessed by. So share them with us, dspreacherman at gmail.com, dspreacherman at gmail.com. We will give credit where credit is due, uh, and if, and, but don't, don't share a story and call it yours if it's not, okay? Let's make sure that we don't plagiarize anything. Don't do that. The story I have now uh, that we're going to share as we read here is because of love. It is it is sad to be a true story, <clears throat> and, and we're going to tell it as such. I don't know uh, who told it, who wrote it, or whatever, where it came from. Uh, uh, one of our, our church members had reposted it, if I remember right, from somebody's uh, Facebook page, and I just thought I blessed it. So thanks to Sharon, who posted this, and I appreciate so much her doing it. The farm was where they had grown up. And this brother and sister made their usual hurried, obligatory pre-Christmas visit to that little farm. Their parents, with their small herd of horses, still lived there. It had been named and known for a long time as Lone Pine Farm because of the huge pine which topped the hill behind the farmhouse. Through the years, a tree had become a talisman uh, to the old man and his wife and a landmark in the countryside. The young siblings had fond memories of their childhood there. But the city hustle and bustle added more excitement to their lives and called them away to a different life. The old folks no longer showed the horses, but the years had taken their toll, and getting out to the barn on those frosty mornings was getting harder, but it gave them a reason to get up in the mornings and a reason to live. They sold a few of the foals each year, and the horses were their reason for joy in the morning and contentment at the day's end. Angry, as they prepared to leave, the young couple confronted the old folks. <coughs> Why do you not at least dispose of the old one? She's no longer of use to you. It's been years since you've had foals from her. You should cut corners and save so you can have more for yourselves. How can this old worn-out horse bring anything, bring you anything, excuse me, but expense and hard work? Why do you keep her anyway? The old man looked down at his warm boots holes in the toes and scuffed at the barn floor and replied, Yes, I could use a new pair of boots. And his arm slid defensively about the old one's neck as he drew her near. With gentle caressing, he loved her. He rubbed her softly behind her ears and he replied quietly, We keep her because of love, nothing else, just love. Baffled and impatient, the young folks wished the old man and his wife a Merry Christmas and headed back toward the city as darkness stole through the valley. The old couple shook their heads in sorrow that it had not been a happy visit. A tear fell upon their cheeks. How is it that these young folks do not understand the peace of the love that filled their hearts? So it was because of the unhappy leave. No one noticed the smell of the insulation smoldering in the frayed wires of the old barn. None saw the first spark fall, none but the old one. In a matter of minutes, the whole barn was ablaze, and the hungry flames were licking at the loft full of hay. With a cry of horror and despair, the old man shouted to his wife to call for help as he raced to the barn to save their beloved horses. 
but the flames were roaring now, and the blazing heat drove him back. He sank sobbing to the ground, helpless before the fire's fury. His wife, back from calling for him, cradled him in her arms. Clinging to each other, they wept at their loss. By the time the fire department arrived, only smoking, glowing ruins were left. And the old man and his wife, exhausted from their grief, huddled together in front of the old barn. They were speechless and stunned as they rose from the cold, snow-covered ground. They nodded thanks to the firemen as there was nothing anyone could do now. The old man turned his wife, resting her white head upon his shoulder, as he, shaking old hands, clumsily dried her tears with a frayed red bandana. Brokenly, he whispered, We have lost much, but God has spared our home on this eve of Christmas. Let us gather strength and climb the hill to the old pine where we have sought comfort in times of despair. We'll look down upon our home and give thanks to God that it has been spared and pray for our beloved, most precious gifts that have been taken from us. And so he took her by the hand and slowly helped her up the snowy hill as he brushed aside his own tears with the back of his old withered hand. The journey up the hill was hard for the old bodies in the steep snow. As they stepped over the little knoll at the crest of the hill, they paused to rest. Looking up at the top of the hill, the old couple gasped and fell to their knees in amazement at the incredible beauty before them. Seemingly, even gloriously, there was a brilliant star in the heavens, and it was caught up in the glittering, snow-frosted branches of their beloved pine. And it was aglow with heavenly candles. Imposed on its top was a crystal crescent moon that glistened like spun glass. Never had a mere mortal created a Christmas tree such as this. They were breathless as the old man held his wife tighter in her arms. Suddenly, the old man gave a cry of wonder and incredible joy. Amazed and mystified, he took his wife by the hand and pulled her forward. There beneath the tree in resplendent glory, a mist hovering over and glowing in the darkness was their Christmas gift. Shadows glistening in the night, bedded down around the old one, close to the trunk of the tree was the entire herd, safe. At the first hint of smoke, she had pushed the door ajar with her muzzle and led the horses through it, slowly and with great dignity. Never looking back, she had led them up the hill, stepping cautiously through the snow. The foals were frightened and dashed about. The skittish young yearlings looked back at the crackling, hungry flames and tucked their tails under them as they licked their lips and hopped like rabbits. The mares that were in the fall with a New Year's crop of babies pressed uneasily against the old one as she moved calmly up the hill to safety beneath the pine. Now she may lay among them and gazed at the faces of the old man and his wife. Those she loved, she had not disappointed. Her body was brittle with years tired from the climb, but the golden eyes were filled with devotion as she offered her gift, love, because of love, only because of love. Tears flowed as the old couple shouted their praises and joy, and again the peace of love filled their hearts. Now the story ends with this notation. This is a true story. Willie or Wiley Eagle. Well, whether it's true or not, I assume that it is, and I tell it as it is, but, well... 
You preach long enough, you talk long enough publicly, you get burned. So I'll just say this. It is a great story that reminds us that Christmas is because of love. God's love for us. It was a time that was coming, that was always coming. We were headed toward, but we couldn't get there too soon. We had to get there at the right moment. And indeed we did. In fact, the Bible says it this way in the book of Galatians, chapter four. In fact, if you want to look it up real quick, if you have time to get there, beginning in verse four, the Bible says, and and this, by the way, yes, comes from the pen of Paul. But when the fullness of time had come, that means he didn't come early, didn't come late. He came on time. God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem redeem those who were under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons. Because you're sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. There's so many things that we can say about Christmas. There's so many ways to begin our discussion, uh, such as this one. And, well, I thought that story was a good place to begin. It reminds us sometimes we do things because of love, and God did something because of love. Matthew records it, as others do, such as Luke. And, of course, Mark has his way of introducing Jesus to us, as does John. But it's only Matthew and Luke that tells us anything really about the childhood of Jesus. And by the way, no matter what anyone else says or, or, or tries to tell you, it is those two books that really give us what we know about his childhood. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ, Matthew chapter 118, was as follows. After his mother, Mary, was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. That Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take, take you, Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she'll bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins." So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated, God with us. Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel Lord commanded him and took to him his wife, and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Well, when Jesus came, they had been waiting a long time for his arrival. There's so many things we can say, so many things that we can, well, that we could focus on. But tonight, well, tonight for me, maybe tomorrow or the next day or middle of the day for you, I just want to point out a few things to you and then we'll go. Listen again. Remember again what the Bible says here. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. Matthew 1.18. Three things stand in my mind about that phrase. There's no doubt about the birth of Jesus. There's no denial about the birth of Jesus and no debate. I know we've entered a time where people uh, say this about the virgin birth or that, but the Bible doesn't doubt it, doesn't deny it, and doesn't debate it. There was a baby born of a virgin, and he was no ordinary baby. Well, if there's such a thing. But anyway, he was Christ the Lord, and he still is. After his mother, 
was betrothed to Joseph. Before they came together, she was found with the child of the Holy Spirit. Oh, we run past this so quickly. Listen, there, and I know that I told you we wouldn't be here that long, but there's some things here to know. And it's important about Christmas that you know this, that God was at work. And his mother, Mary, hmm, God spoke to her, changed everything for her. And she brought first, forth her firstborn son. God was at work today. And, and 2020 has certainly been a very difficult and tough year. And today we wonder, what is God doing? Does God do anything? Let me assure you that God, as he always has been, and yes, my friend, always will be, he is at work. His people were involved. You know, it's kind of funny. We sometimes think we are the long ranger. We've got the Elijah complex. I alone and left. And yet, so often, God has people involved. You know, I've looked uh, over the past few months as, as Operation Christmas Child got closer. Notice how many people, how many churches involved and how many, just how much was given and how much was picked up and how many workers. I also noticed that during this time of year, especially in our part of the country, and especially in Louisiana, our neighboring state, and one in which I lived for a long, long time. I mean, people were involved in doing disaster relief work. Got the opportunity myself, Kathy and I, to go to Golden Meadow. And yes, only spend a day, but what a day it was. And to look at all the people who were doing everything they could to help other people. Meeting people who their ministry day after day is is what we call disaster relief, doing people, helping them eat, helping them get their houses cleaned out, helping, helping them put tarps on the roof, and on and on the list goes. God's people are involved in what God does. Now, if you're sitting on the sideline and feel like nothing's happening, it's because you're not doing anything. This Christmas season, I would invite you to do something. Many of us are, are Southern Baptists by choice, and, and we pick up our Lottie Moon Christmas offering this time of year. Maybe you could give to that a little more than you have in the past. Or maybe you could do what a lot of us really need to do in this time of pandemic. Support the church we belong to with our tithes and offerings, whether they're meeting or not. Put it in the mail. Drop it by the church. Whatever you got to do to get it there. Listen, God's people need to be involved and get involved. We need to invite people, encourage people, pray for people. And remind those who are sick, you can see all kinds of services on the Facebook. We have all kinds of people who watch our Facebook services at South Macomb. We're thankful for that. The numbers fluctuate. They'll be blind-blowing blind blowing one week, and well, then they'll be, well, what happened the next? You know, different people, different things, different times. And yet every week, I thank God for that Facebook live ministry that we have. Oh, a lot of people have YouTube pages or all these other things. And well, DK Ministries, we're... <laughs> Our tech, our tech ability is not real big, and I'm not a tech guy, so we're not able to branch out as much as we'd like, but we've got people involved, people who help us and give us advice, and, you know, maybe you should get involved. Tithe to your church. Give to your church. Send a, you know, send your pastor a note. Let him know that you're thinking about him. Pray for him this time of pandemic and, and how difficult it is, and you just don't know the stress that this pandemic has put on pastors' lives, trying to hold it together, trying to keep the church going. Are your staff member, youth pastor, your music director? Oh my gosh, there are music directors. I'm sorry, ministers of music or music pastor, whatever you want to call them, who've not been able to have choir, not been able to have their group sing. Encourage them, remind them, hey, we miss doing that and I hope we can get back too soon, but we appreciate you keeping things going. And then finally, that God himself did something that man could and never will do. God himself provided a savior who was Christ the Lord. 
We're going to read one other passage of scripture and we're going to make some comments about Joseph and we're going to close for the day. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make a public example, her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. Three things we know about Joseph and we don't know very much. Truth is, we, we believe, we don't know for sure, the Bible doesn't say it that way. And although people often preach and teach it this way, we believe that Joseph died before Jesus' public ministry began. We do believe that um, he lived long enough to uh, see Jesus grow up, basically. We know that Jesus had, well, what we would really call half-brothers and sisters, uh, those who after were born after when Joseph and Mary, as the Bible says, could know each other because she stayed a virgin until Jesus was born. So we know that he lived for some time during Jesus's life. But there's not a lot of things we know about him, although we'd like to know more. We do know this. According to what we find here, Joseph was a good man. He was. Look it up. Read what we read. He was a good man. You know, sometimes the greatest thing that anybody could say of me and you is that we are good people. Really. A guy that I know has changed his life and he is he is making a difference. He's making an impact for the kingdom of God. But yet I think that one of the things that people would say about him above everything else is he has become a good man. Let us be good people. Uh, Joseph was a godly man. Uh, Joseph, her husband being just, and I want to make her a public example, was minded to put her away. Joseph understood the law. You can go back and read that yourself. We don't have time to do that. But he knew what the law was, and yet he did not want to do to Mary what many would have done. He was a good man, godly man. Well, <clears throat> if I was really good at this, I'd give you another G word, but I don't have one. Joseph was a tender-hearted man, though. This I know from what the Bible tells me. You and I we need to make sure that we don't become hard-hearted, that we don't become cynical, that we don't become a lot of things that the world has become. And it is the season of Christmas that comes to us this time of year because of the love of God. I know that it's often said, but I think it is seldom thought about. Jesus really is the reason for the season. So I hope you celebrate. I hope you enjoy it. I have committed myself to celebrate and enjoy this Christmas season as much as I did that first Christmas season after I was saved in my 20s. When I realized that first Christmas, that I, it was my first Christmas as a child of God, everything was better. I enjoyed it more. Sadly, through the years, you know, things get covered up and things get busy and responsibilities come. But I, again, have committed myself to enjoying Christmas more than I have in a long, long time. Simply because it reminds me that God keeps his promises. Well, this is DK Ministries. This is our Christmas story time. I hope you've enjoyed it. Let us know. Send us a text, 985-514-0511, and say, hey, I enjoyed that. Or, or send us an email. Diaz Preacherman at gmail.com, all lowercase. Diaz Preacherman at gmail.com, all lowercase. Or catch up with us on the Facebook, DK Ministries. We'd love to hear from you. Send us a story, send us a suggestion, or whatever you can do to help us put these together. And by the way, Merry Christmas to you. If I'm the first to say it to you, 
I'm glad I had that opportunity. Now, don't be, don't be the one that never says it to someone else. Merry Christmas. It brings a smile to your face. Appreciate you listening. This is DK Ministries. We record these podcasts on Anchor. They are available on other venues and platforms. We'll talk about that later. This story, these stories, these Christmas sessions or whatever we eventually title them here in a moment will not be available on Facebook. That is not our plan. Unless you decide that we should do that and we hear from so many of you. No, no, you need to share that because more people will hear then we would do it. But right now the plan is, is only to have these on our podcast venue. We do podcasts and our podcasts we do eventually put on our Facebook venue. And they're there for about 24 hours. That, you know, that makes us, uh, it gives us a little larger footprint. People who won't listen to a podcast will sometimes listen to our story. And we're so thankful for those who do. And we're so thankful for you who listen on the podcast. Well, I was wrong. We have been over 20 minutes So we're going to get off. Just let me say this. God bless you. Merry Christmas from DK Ministries. We love you. And while we'll see you on a podcast before long, I hope to catch you again here in our Christmas sessions. I think we'll stick with that. God bless you. See you later.